wanted to start this podcast to share hunting stories of my experiences and what I've done over the years. There's so much more that is involved in hunting than just pulling the trigger and killing an animal. We want to be inspirational, educational, but we also want to have a good time and teach you how to have a good time as well. Today, we have Robbie Highlander. We want to talk about waterfowl hunting. Robbie is what I would regard as an expert. He's traveled to other countries to hunt. He's traveled the entire United States to hunt waterfowl. U.S. Fish and Wildlife will will ban the birds and stamp them with a number and a phone number on them, and then they'll have the, the area where they were banned. A banded bird is like the trophy of all trophies um, when it comes to duck and goose hunting. Yeah, the, the holy grail of duck hunting is to kill a banded bird. A banded bird, you know, can happen once in a lifetime. It can happen 30 times in a lifetime. It's really, really cool. If you get a, a bird with a band on it, it could be your first day hunting. But you culminated what is the trophy meaning of duck or goose hunting. Welcome to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Now for your host, Stephen Robbins. All right, guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of Hunting Day. And we hope that you all had a very Merry Christmas. We know everyone here at Hunting Day did, and uh, today we have a good friend of mine. His name is Robbie Highlander. Me and Robbie have been friends for better part of 12, 13 years, maybe even longer than that. We've done a lot of fishing on the Chesapeake Bay. We're always sharing different hunting stories and tactics and tips and tricks that we can see what we can do to help each other's hunting season, and Robbie is one of the best whitetail hunters that I've ever met in the state of Virginia. He is a deer killing machine and he doesn't just kill small deer. This man kills big, big deer. He might tell you that he's the, I believe they call him the king of 140. And uh, he's, uh, he's constantly killing some big old eight points in the 140 inch range. And uh, I tell you what, that's a big eight pointer. But without further ado, Here's my good friend, Robbie Highlander. How y'all doing? Nice to be on the podcast hunting day. It's cool. Uh, yeah, like he, Stephen said, I've been on his friend for a while, and it's just cool he set this thing up and then asked me to join in to talk about a few things. And I was like, man, this sounds like awesome, awesome deal here. And, uh, yeah, we had a good Christmas here, too. Uh, truly blessed. So we got that to be thankful for, so. Glad to be on the show. Hey, man, we are glad to have you. So I, I talked a little bit about Robbie just a minute ago, said he's a big-time deer-killing machine, and he really is, and a uh, big-time turkey hunter. Uh, I mean, he's well-rounded within the hunting industry as far as all seasons. I don't think there's an animal that's that has a season that Robbie doesn't hunt. He's a big-time trapper, and we'll talk more about that later. But why we brought Robbie on is we want to talk about waterfowl hunting and i haven't had anyone on really to talk about that and robbie is what i would regard as an expert and uh, he's traveled to other countries to hunt waterfowl he's traveled the entire united states to hunt waterfowl and so robbie what would be probably the funnest duck or goose hunting trip that you've been on they're all different in their own way and depending on where you decide to go um if you're going to make a trip out of it, you're going to go to a good spot, hopefully picking different outfitters, things like that. And I'm fortunate enough to have friends like yourself that if I wanted to go hunt with you, I just got a call. So like I try to make friends along the way. So like Missouri, Arkansas, Canada, they all started with, you know, booking trips, talking to people and stuff like that. Um, and I got to know them. So, you know, like now it's not really a guided deal because um, it's cool. They come here uh, and stuff like that. But I would say the most, I don't know, it's just, it's so hard to say because I mean, it's every, waterfowl has got so many different aspects and different ways that all these different places and that, you know, Canada hunts and Missouri hunts and North Carolina hunts and Virginia hunts and stuff like that, different flyways. But I would have to say Canada is probably bar none the best. I mean, Saskatchewan, Canada was something that if you don't experience, it's like the whole thing. Like, I haven't been to Argentina yet. I'd love to go to Argentina. People are like, if you haven't been to Argentina, you don't know. Well, I'm like, if you haven't been to Canada, you don't know. So, so what was uh, 
I guess like the the when you were in Canada, what made it so great? Like what was so good about it? it was it's very simple up there. Um the birds are usually not quite in full plumage. They're so they're they're not that smart. <laughs> if that helps. Um and and you you field hunt them. A lot of people go to Canada and hunt them off the water because that's just what we're used to doing. Everybody around here is like, on water to hunt ducks. Up there, it's all, you know, it's fields. You can hunt potholes, but they discriminate against that because then the ducks will want to go south quicker. Okay. Because you're like, you're pushing them off their basically bedding area if you want to go to deer. Um, and you try to leave them alone, let them come off of that and come to the, the ag fields, um, canola, winter peas, uh, stuff like that that we don't have around here. And you it's a couple different ways. You can set up like a brush blind, bale blinds, because there's bale fields out there. Um, and then the, the coolest way ever is a white tieback suit, a wooden board that literally you lay almost flat, just a little bit up, and everybody's in a wide open, and you put a 100 snow goose decoys around you and a spinner duck in front of you, and they literally just die bomb me like they're coming down a Christmas tree. I mean, a chimney. I've got Christmas still on the mind since it just happened. There you go. Um, but it, it's just a different deal. And, and it's so many birds, the mass amount of birds. And if the snows start coming in on you and start funneling above you, and you got 10,000 birds above you where you can't even hear yourself think it, it's, it's, uh, it's something you'll never, you'll never forget. We, on my fifth trip there, we did good a lot, but on my fifth trip there, you know, we killed over 900 birds, you know, while we were there. So, and, uh, I got pictures of one hunt on my Facebook page and, um, I don't know how many is in the, there was a limit of everything, limit of snows, limit of geese, uh, limit of, uh, ducks, just everything. And if you ever go up there to Canada, don't call it a Canadian goose. They will give you so much junk about that. It's a Canada goose. <laughs> okay. So, anyway. <laughs> so, when you go up there, though, are you going up there for a specific species, or is it kind of like a buffet of birds that you can encounter? Oh, I like that word. Yeah, it's a buffet. Okay. Everywhere, like here and Missouri and stuff, literally, you got to, like, you might get a goose here and there, like, when you're duck hunting, but you specifically hunt. Canada geese here. Then you specifically hunt duck. It's the same way in other parts of the state, but up there it's just like a buffet, just like you said, man. It's I mean, you set up and it's it's on. Okay. Good deal. Now, if you went to Argentina to go hunting, what would you hunt down there? I think it's pretty much the same deal. I don't know if they have the uh the snow geese like we do and how they migrate down, you know, towards uh texas and stuff but out there is just a sheer number of birds and you can i'm not an expert on that whole deal but like i believe you can hunt i know people who have hunted doves during the day and in the morning they hunt the ducks and so it's just just something you know with if you're going to be a, a waterfowl or a wingsman you know like to experience that i think that that would like you know finish it off for me Okay, absolutely. Hey, we'll see. Yeah. No, maybe we can get a trip scheduled where we can get down there. <laughs> Heck yeah. So, if I were listening to the podcast here and I've never hunted ducks, geese, whatever it may be, what would you recommend if I wanted to get started? It, like, what type of gear would I need? And then where would you, once I've gotten the gear, where what direction would you point me in? It would depend on the part of the country that you're in. Um, but if we were just going to be specific to the East Coast uh, slash Midwest, okay. that could kind of be wrapped off into a snowball, I would say. Um, so, you're 99.9% .9 of the time, unless you're hunting some geese, going to be on the water. Okay. Um, depending on what type of water, um, your bigger water, you're going to need some, some type of boat. Like if you're going to hunt, like we hunt the lake a lot and the marshes around the lake, we go at the land and then we leave there and we're on the boat. You can have a, a you know, a brushed in blind on the boat, uh, floating blind and stuff. But mostly everything around here is posted and if you don't have the property or friends that have it, you know, 
the, the getting in there to hunt there is almost impossible. Okay. But so possibly need a boat or a friend with a boat. If not, and you're going to go in the, you got some places like flooded, you know, like the river bottoms and stuff like that. You know, you're going to need waders. It's always usually going to be cold, hopefully. Um, you know, so you're going to need, you know, some type of windproof, waterproof jacket, waterproof gloves is great. You know, decoys, I would recommend around here. Um, two different types. Um, there's all kinds of different species of ducks around here, but mallard would be the most common and then we have a ton of ringbills and stuff so like open water areas the ringbills would be nice um and those are you know got to get the weights for them and everything like that um just any type of shotgun you want me personally i'm gonna throw this out there i love the benelli okay um it's just it's flawless like i mean you freeze in weather stuff like that it just always cycles through and i've learned through the years you know everybody wants to shoot three and a half inch magnum, you know, and all that stuff. You don't need anything more than three inch. If you're going to hunt a whole lot, three and a half is going to beat you to death. Okay. You know, and you're trying multiple shots off on ducks and kill multiple ducks at a time. You know, that three and a half is going to rock you back to get on the second bird. is going to be harder. So I wouldn't recommend three and a half inch shells. Three inch shells are great. You want to shoot two and three quarter, go do that too. Um, I would recommend a size number two. Um, steel shot, which we have to have, uh, most places across the United States need steel shot. A uh, number two is my favorite cause it's a little bit bigger than a four. Four is like the go-to for duck, but you never know. Like if a goose, goose is going to fly by, you know, and stuff like that. And they have a little more knockdown. They'll, when we're hunting in the marshes and woods, if you don't have a good dog and you need to get them yourself, if you don't knock him down hard and he goes up under some brush, you're going to have lost birds. And I'm not really big on, you know, losing things I shot. Um, we try our best to kill what we, what we shoot. And uh, there's going to be some that are going to get away, but not too often. So a number two is what I would recommend for that. For a goose, if a specific goose hunt, I would recommend a BB. It's like straight BB shell. Um, that, seems, that seems to do amazing. Some people will tend to a one, which is in between a BB and, uh a two or a straight b but bb and number two are your most common rounds that you would shoot um there's a million different rounds out there we could go on all day about that but that would just round that off real quick you're gonna need uh, a duck call goose call i even grabbed them real quick just for the heck of it but these are all bands <laughs> that came off the ducks stuff they banned them and stuff for information purposes but just a general purpose call duck call most people will go with a two recall um this is a single recall once you get really good at calling and you go out to the midwest and stuff if you're not blowing one of these you're gonna be made fun of I'm just just kidding um <laughs> and then goose call you know uh, acrylic you know this one was handmade for me by butch redbach who is uh since deceased um i went to his shop in arkansas when it was actually a shed literally rich in tone calls was a shed and i watched him hand make this call for me which was cool i was uh 15, 16 years old 15 years old long long time ago 2001 um so you're gonna need some type of duck call goose call um and then you know brushing in a blind or or standing up next to a tree or something if you're gonna be in the flooded timber and stuff and then uh i would say the only really other thing you need to know um is like when you set your decoys up, the ducks or geese are usually going to fly into the wind. So you always want to set up with your the wind at your back. And use my go-to, as simple as can be, it's decoys, decoys, hole, us. They're going to land right between those two. So you want a kind of a V pattern with your decoys where it invites them like a funnel in to land in front of where you want them to land. And uh, that's pretty much uh, the quickest way I can round everything off and okay. into what you would need. So a recap, you would need waders or a friend with a boat yep. or a boat. And I always recommend a friend with a boat because I own a boat and man, they're not fun. <laughs> they're fun to have, but man, they cost so much money. <laughs> they say when of owning a boat is when you sell it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so you need a, a good shotgun, and I I will agree with the Benelli. I have a Super Sport, and a, and I love it. I love that, and uh, really uh, really good gun. Um, we need decoys, and we need possibly a dog, and duck calls, and make good shots. But I like how you explained how you set up. You set your decoys in a V that come to you. And then you have a hole between you and the decoys for the birds to land in. That's that's smart. And I would have never, you know, thought to do it that way. I, you know, I just would have thought you'd put your decoys out. But there's a method to that. And that's pretty cool. And I appreciate you, appreciate you saying that. The V style is your most common and will work on most birds until you start getting late into the season. And, and they start getting smarter and you different 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 uh layouts okay awesome awesome so so now that you know we've talked to new duck hunters and goose hunters and now they're kind of on their way you know do you recommend that they go with an outfitter or do you recommend they try some on their own i would recommend if you do not have like i was fortunate enough that my father and his friends were huge into waterfowl amongst everything else. Um, you know, pretty much everything I learned, you know, besides trapping, I learned that uh, with a couple of other friends. And I'm going to say that if somebody's not teaching you what to do, it's almost impossible to become good at it. So keep an open mind yeah. and listen to like what people are saying, um, because he's taught me everything I know and I would not be where I am without him. Um, and then his friends, you know, like us all doing it together. If you can go with a friend who knows the deal and can literally like, just like I said on the, on the podcast here, you know, this is what you need. If you want to get into it, everything we do is expensive. So they're going to know that right off the bat and, uh, just help them. Hey, you need these waiters. You need this shotgun. You need this, or you got the shotgun, put this choke tube in it, you know, recommend a modified choke tube. Um, and, and, and go with somebody who knows or try to find somebody. Social media is insane. A lot of people don't mind taking people hunting with them or teaching and stuff like that. And, and people are becoming more open-minded with getting new hunters in because if we don't get new hunters in or you don't have kids and teach them how to hunt, it, it's just going to – everybody's going to implode on us because that's all they're trying to do is take away our rights every single day. Um, so go with somebody you know, a friend or something, or if you don't have that and you really want to do it, go with an outfitter. Cause the outfitter is usually going to have everything that you need. Cause, and they're going to ask you, Hey, have you done this before? Do you need this? They'll send you a list of stuff, you know, the places you've been, Hey, you need binoculars. Hey, you need this. Hey, you need this, 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 you need this gun. We recommend you shooting this caliber ammunition because this is the size game you're going to be hunting, you know, so they're going to help you too. Then you go do it and do it and do it. And then you start feeling it out yourself. And then, you know, if you're fortunate to have a place of your own, you know, and you can start doing it on your own, but duck hunting, the more people you have, the merrier. It's like, you know, you're talking the whole time. You're chilling. You can take coffee with you. You know, like you're hanging out with your buddies, you know, and, and it's, it's just free as could be. You don't have to do take scent free showers. Uh, duck hunting is an awesome time, you know, and uh, that's why we enjoy it so much. So I would definitely recommend, you know, starting with somebody or just asking for help. A lot of people are scared to ask anything, ask for permission, ask for help, you know, but it's overwhelming amount of people out there that are willing to help you. Yeah. Don't be scared to hear no. I like that. Don't be scared to hear no. That's probably some of the best advice anybody could give anybody. And, uh, I'm glad you I'm glad you threw that out there because me and you'd actually talked about some deer hunting that you're doing this year in the past few years and um ties really into what Kevin Barnes was telling us a few episodes ago where he just went around and started talking to his neighbors and started asking for permission. And you know, his situation was a little bit different. You've gotten quite a few yeses where he got quite a few no's, but he kept going until he got to, you know, till he obtained enough property that he, he was comfortable hunting. And, uh, so it's really cool. Um, because you live east of Richmond, um, you're over, uh, Charles city area, correct? New Kent, Charles city. New Kent. Yeah. So I've, I've had the pleasure of being over y'all's place. You and Don have a beautiful home and, 
Uh, you got two beautiful little kids. You got uh, Elena and what's your youngest name? Brody. I knew that. And uh, and I, I was thinking about it because I had a, a real good friend of mine, Brody, was on podcast. He was on episode three and four, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, so. Hopefully we, uh, your, your girls are straight knock them down, man. Your, your son, he's going to be throwing it down here soon. Yeah, he's uh he's he's finally catching interest where like the last you know the previous seasons he was real young and he you know deer were yucky and ooh and you know but now that he sees Zoe really getting into it it's and then Ava and Elena are the same age which is really cool and Elena killed some really nice deer last year and man that her, she's her shoot some yeah yeah she did yeah yeah she got a great was, teacher. <laughs> I'm trying, man. <laughs> no, you're doing a great job. You and, know, as I do, the struggle is real. So. Yeah. And uh, but uh, real quick, like you and Don, we've known y'all for a long time. Me and April were at y'all's wedding, and uh, that it seems like it was yesterday, but that's been what twelve, thirteen years ago. Uh, 2011. Yeah. So video for our whole entire wedding. I still have it. It's amazing. And then there, it's on YouTube. Yep. And uh, my mom's like, oh, go, go to that uh, video that Stephen did. Like, we got to, uh, we got to, I want to watch it. And she just sits there and just awes at the, you know, like us getting married, you know, and saying, hey, that's my mom and dad before I was here. So it's, it's cool. I appreciate y'all did that. It's a really good video. Man, we had a great time. And, you know, speaking of other videos on YouTube, we're on YouTube shooting stingrays on the Chesapeake Bay. And uh, that oh, video yeah. gets all kinds of views, you know. Twelve years later, because that that was from like 2010, I believe, 2009 or 2010, and uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. and uh, man, we wore them out that day. It was nonstop all day long. I actually got tired of it. Yeah, <laughs> I think Carter was struggling. He was on the struggle bus all day. Yeah, yeah, man, I, I, that was funny. Yep. No, we had a good time. Real good time. Anytime we get together, we always have a good time and throw in hunting, fishing of any kind. That just makes it even better. But spending time with friends is good. At the wedding as well, I had uh, a guy named Billy Doak. Uh, he's our friend from Missouri where we go duck hunting. And then the <laughs> where we originally started out, you know, going to an outfitter up in Wadena, Saskatchewan, um, he came all the way down um reggie is what his name is he came all the way down to he's been to uh mine and my brother's wedding so i mean that was cool you know like he flew all the way from saskatchewan because i met him going duck hunting yeah isn't and that, uh isn't that amazing just the you know the camaraderie and the friendships that you build through common interest you know like i was saying duck hunting is 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 so much different because it's in many aspects, but the fun part of it, being together and being able to just, you know, relax and just hang out, you know, like, and, and, and hunt, you know, it's, it's, it's so much different than any other uh, part of hunting, um, you know, that I can even imagine like deer hunt, you're usually by yourself or one other person. If you're sitting there like turkey hunt, you can go with one, one or two other guys, but you're sitting up against a tree with maybe one guy, you know, rabbit hunting, you might need walking next to somebody, but you're still separated and you're running dogs and all that stuff. Everybody is within a foot or so of each other. And you sit there and, and just chill, man, and hopefully get a few ducks. And if you don't, you still had a good time. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy it a lot and, it's brought a lot of people together, and I, I think, like like you said, the camaraderie really, really brings us together because you can build long-lasting relationships that you don't even realize how long they've been till you actually think about it. Yeah, now oh, that's cool. Now you'd mentioned earlier about banded birds. You had a lanyard, and I know our listeners can't see it, but you held up a lanyard that had your duck and goose call on it, and you had a lot of bands from banded birds. So, uh -huh. explain that. Uh, all the ducks are banded and geese are banded in segments and stuff like the, uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife will, will ban the birds and stamp them with a number and a phone number on them. And then they'll have the, the area where they were banned. So for example, if I'm looking at this goose band right here, it's got a number that you will, you'll give them. It has a phone number 1-800-327-BAND, B-A-N-D. 
And uh, on the bottom, usually most of them are right, W-R-I-T-E, bird band. And then it has where this one came from. This, this doesn't mean that the goose was born there or anything like that. It just means where he was banded. And he was banded in Laurel, Maryland. Uh, and then it gives the zip code. And if we go down to some of them, you know, even say Richmond, you know, and then some of them will say most of them are in Laurel, Maryland for our area. This one here actually says Maine on it. So that's a long ways that bird went. Richmond, 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 Laurel, you know, just different places. But, uh, oh, this one right here was Saskatchewan, Canada, actually. Stuttgart, Arkansas. You know, when I went out there, I was fortunate enough in my short time of being in those places hunting that I did kill a banded bird. Now, a banded bird is like the trophy of all trophies um, when it comes to duck and goose hunting. Um, it's like killing a big buck, you know, because, I mean, you got do a lot of deer to find a big buck and to kill one with a band on it is a special special thing um i got i don't know on this lanyard here 25 of them and i got friends that hunted their whole entire life and never got one so i mean it's just luck of the draw sometimes and if it's six of you out there and you shoot and one's got a band on it do you really know who got it nope so it always goes usually to whoever spot it is and you know I've been lucky to have a few spots. So I don't know if I actually killed all these, just to be honest. <laughs> okay. Well, that's pretty cool. That And so that's something that like on Facebook and Instagram, you see people, they'll post a picture of their bird with a band. And it's like you said, it's a trophy in itself. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's awesome to experience the hunt with your friends and to kill a bird. But that's like the icing on the cake, right? Yeah, the, the holy grail of duck hunting is to kill a banded bird. A banded bird, you know, can happen once in a lifetime. It can happen 30 times in a lifetime. And it just depends on the places that are close to you that band and how the birds travel. So it's, like I said, it's luck of the draw. I know some of your, you know, big outfitters out there, you know, they got a hundred of them, you know, like, it, you know, so you just never know uh, how it's going to how it's going to fall with that but it's really really cool if you get a, a bird with a band on it then you kind of it could be your first day hunting but you culminated what is the trophy meaning of duck or goose hunting besides one being a perfect specimen that you want to get mounted you know you're going to kill if you're going to go out there and actually hunt it you're going to kill so many mallards you're not going to remember the first mallard that you kill and um, so that's, it makes it pretty cool that you can actually do something that gives the U.S. Fish and Wildlife information on how that bird traveled, how old they thought that bird was, how many years it was before you killed it. And they can, you know, keep our, uh, our great resource alive by doing that. But it also gives us something to look forward to. You know, if you kill a band, you know, everybody that's with you is going to like it's going to be wide open. That's awesome. That is awesome. So switching gears back kind of to the fundamental side of things. Now, you'd mentioned earlier about hunting in fields versus waterways. Is there a particular crop field that you would hunt in versus, you know, more so than the other? Up in Canada, it was, I would have to say canola fields seem to be um, the go-to, but our God, Reggie, friend now, um, he would literally, while we were hunting in the morning, would drive all over. I don't know. He knew everybody there. It was like he was a good old boy, you know, and um, and find where the birds were going and landing in the field and literally go up there and secure permission for that spot and everything. And because the birds up there are a big time nuisance to uh, the farmers because they don't have the time frame that we do their growing season is so short that they have to uh like windrow the crops so they have to cut them early and they just like hay they row them up and then they they let them sit there to dry which gives the deer it's crazy when you're up there too like you know you see black bear elk moose uh, antelope uh, whitetail and mule deer all in the same spot it's like the big game mecca like the same block of woods can hold all of them it just blows my mind but the, they can come out there and eat and eat and eat off of those crops 
because it takes them so long to dry and get them up uh, because they're growing season. But the birds will literally decimate the crop because all that feed is windrowed up and they'll land on it and you literally cannot see it. It'll be so many birds on it, especially the snow geese. So they give them permission. They're like, oh, yeah, we don't want them on our field. They're eating all of our you know, money. Yeah. And um, so he'll he'll pick out where we go. But it's mainly uh, like the canola and the and the and the pea fields that are the best up there. They don't grow too much corn and different things like we do in soybeans because the growing season is so bad. But I would say canola and the and the peas. But canola, I would say, would would win the win that for me in my experience. Okay. No, as far as if you were hunting in the East Coast, what what type of field would you target? Oh yeah, you want to be in a cut cornfield. Cut cornfield, hundred percent. They're not going to mess with the. Uh, a cut bean field the timing just isn't right with that um but they will plant the beans and the beans will start coming up and they're very small and tender just like you know the deer will come out and nip them up the geese will just decimate a a baby bean field they love to sit there and just pick those beans up just like they love sunflowers so um if you got the early season geese like september canada geese season here where you can really shoot a lot of them. You shoot 10 per person, I believe. It's uh, it's a big deal if you can get on that type of field where they're going there every day to eat those beans. And the farmer will really, really appreciate that because when they nip them, they don't come back because the beans are just too small. And uh, they'll, I got places here at the farm where up from the pond and they take out three, four acres, you know, in a month, you know, which is a lot of money to the farmer. And, uh, but a cut cornfield, you know, is gonna it's gonna hold uh, ducks and geese, mainly geese in the on the east coast. Okay. Now, if you were gonna hunt a waterway, what what's the like? What are you gonna key in on? What are you looking for? Are you looking for like the you know the big part of the river, or, or are you looking for like kind of some creeks and some coveys or some coves maybe? Or you what 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 do you normally look for? Well, that's all gonna depend on where the birds are. <laughs> I'm going to scout them as first and be like, it could be a pothole in somebody's backyard. You know, it's an acre big and there's, it's just chock full of ducks. And I just happen to see them going in there. I'm going to roll right up there and be like, Hey, can I hunt them ducks right there? <laughs> but, uh, mainly around here on the, uh, the East coast, you're going to have your bigger farmers that, you know, got a lot of money and, and they know, and they live along the rivers like the James river mainly around here um the monkey river and they're going to actually build like pit blinds and have impoundments and they're going to grow corn and beans is the two things that they do and they're going to flood them and it's like legal baiting you know like you literally are sitting there right next to the corn and everything else flooded and they got a dam and they can let water in and out and everything else and it's 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 a it's a setup. They got pumps to pump them in, pump water in off the the river, and and they they spare no expense with that. Um, but like on the waterways, mainly your rivers are going to be the the big deals. Lake, uh, you know, it does pretty well and stuff. But your tidal rivers and creeks and stuff are where your main birds are gonna gonna migrate with, especially your big ones. Like the James is the biggest, you know, because it's it's like the main artery going through. Virginia and uh, they they love it. It's 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 a big time waterway. You can be going on the James and four miles across, and there's birds all the way across the whole thing in February. You know when you can't hunt. <laughs> yeah. So you know, all right. So I, we're listening. You know, somebody's listening to us talk, and you know, you obviously have a lot of good information. And they were saying, all right, Robbie, I want to go hunting. And uh, what would be We've talked about all right. Find somebody that's a mentor, or go with an outfitter, and they've 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 found their mentor, right? And they've hunted a few years, and now they want to take their game to the next level. and And this is what I I do regard you as an expert. And uh, maybe it I guess it depends on the location they're in and everything. But if they wanted to like take it to the next level because i feel like you're always at the next level in in everything right deer hunting turkey hunting everything i got friends it's just good friends that's all yeah so so your network right so you would tell them to continue to network and 
you know, if somebody wanted to network with you um, on social media, you're on Facebook, um, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, just, you know, Robbie Highlander, you know, just look that up on Facebook and then uh, friend me and, uh, you know, I'll check it out. And if you're a fellow, you know, hunter and sportsman, I'm going to usually add you uh, to my thing and you can message me anytime. I have people from the trapping page, you know, and hunting pages, they, they message all the time and I'll answer it, you know, right away. And, and to the best of my knowledge and, uh, you know, look at your, if I'm looking at your stuff and I got a question, um, I would definitely ask you too. But like you said, networking is, uh, don't ever stop networking. You can never have a big enough network when it comes to hunting, uh, in every other aspect of life, the bigger network you got better. But, you know, if you wanted to take it to the next level, on the ducks and geese then you know that's going to be you know scouting and finding like you got a mentor he's got a spot and y'all are hunting and you're killing a few but you're not you know you know the aspects and you know what you're doing now and 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 you're just not killing what you need to kill then it's all about scouting same with deer turkeys and everything else like get out there on the boat and or you know ride around to the roads that look like they're close to swamps and different things and find out who owns them get get a subscription to onyx uh, they got everything on there and um you know, no sponsorship or nothing i just love onyx but and go out there and and, and put some foot on the ground you know you say hey look you know uh, i like to duck hunt because most people that own land around here that might not want you, you know, deer hunting or turkey hunting because they like to do that. They don't have the time to put into waterfowl hunting and waterfowl hunting is you got a whole month to do January after deer season goes out here in Virginia. So you'd be like, Oh no, I just like the duck hunt. And I see you got a, you know, Creek or a pond on it. And I'd like to go in there and just take a look and see if there's any birds. You go in there and birds everywhere. And you're like, Oh man, this is it. And they're like, yeah, man, I'm not doing anything in January. Have at it. Because, I mean, they, they, they don't do it anyways, you know, like, but I said, don't be scared to hear no, but to take your game to the next level, you're going to have to put, you know, some work in and find birds that, that other people don't know about and then keep it on the hush. That's when your group's going to have to get kind of small. <laughs> you know what I mean? I got this spot of the road. We can crush ducks there, but then do it in moderation because you're not going to keep ducks. They're migrating and stuff, but if you shoot ducks two or three times in the same spot, they're going to move on. And unless you're super lucky that they're always migrating through there, which usually aren't, you got different waves of birds. You got a wave and then you got a wild and then waves, you know, that are going to come through, you know, you're going to blow a place out. So don't get greedy on it. Like if you find a good spot, don't get greedy on that either. Like hunt it, have, take your best friends in there, especially like your mentor. Hey man, I got a spot. You've been taking me, you got to come with me. And then you just, you go in there and kill the limited ducks. And that guy will appreciate that over taking you a hundred times and killing two, you know? So, you know, pick and choose who you're going to take once you figure it out and take it to the next level. And, uh, and cause you want to keep your, your, your circle small when it comes to that, but your network needs to be huge because, you know, somebody else, you know, hunting just like politics and everything out, it's, it's cutthroat, you know, so keep your, keep your network, you know, huge, but also the people that you're going to, have fun and spend the time with and get to know be careful about that as well um like like just for example when you first met me you know it was through a mutual friend and and you know we wouldn't have never talked like we talk right now until we got together face to face and you were probably like oh this guy's cool you know and i was like hey man this guy's cool his wife's cool like i'm having a blast like they, we seem like we have a lot in common you know similar interests like we think the same stuff like that and like you know, you, you're, you're trying to better your, I could tell you're like asking questions or I was talking to you about stuff that like the, the outdoor industry and stuff. Cause you were more in that. So then me just hunting all the time. And so there's different things we could ask each other and I'm, and you were always trying to better yourself. So I'm like, this is who I want to associate with, you know, associate with a bunch of people on social media, but when it comes to your core group, you know, associate with the people who always want to do better, I would say. No, that's that's sound advice right there, man. And that feeling was definitely mutual, man. Me and April, we loved you and Don, and we're like, they they're just like us in in a lot of ways, and down to earth, constantly, constantly on the go. And uh, that's that's one thing that like 
you like you amaze me with everything that in in dawn as well because she's got the equestrian business and y'all are y'all y'all are constantly doing things and uh you you have a big man you y'all hustle like crazy and y'all got a big life and i love it and uh so we i'd mentioned earlier about trapping right because you're big in the trapping and i've had jed fetter on here from pennsylvania and he's talked about a bunch of different trapping techniques and things like that but something that i think is amazing is you said i believe it was this past january i believe it was you caught four over 40 coyotes yeah um usually january and february i trap um that passion kind of evolved into a business which is kind of cool because you know the being in the outdoor industry, if you can actually make money doing it, uh, you know, it's, 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 it just takes it to another level um, of, you know, just cool. Cause you can go out there and do what you do and, and just feel good about it. You know, like, cause everything we do costs so much money. It's in, it's in gotten real good. Uh, January and February is when I trap and I, I choose to do that. It opens in November because that we do have dog hunting in Virginia where they can run deer and I don't, none of my traps will, will hurt a dog, but that's just, I'm just not looking to, to catch everybody's dogs. So it's just way more efficient for me to, to trap usually the 58, 56 to 58 days from once the season goes out. Cause into January a little bit to uh, February 28th and we can trap coyotes year round here. Um, but I don't choose to um, just because I like to catch everything and everybody that I'm working for wants me to catch everything, you know, to help their population of turkeys and we, our quail populations way down and, you know, uh, deer, especially, you know, a lot of people around here, especially the large landowners are trying to grow big deer. And, and I think it's, it's becoming a, a pretty statewide thing that, that people are, are starting to, want bigger deer and want a quality herd like you were saying earlier when we were talking we were just shooting the job and uh, i thought it was funny uh that you that you uh brought it up was you're like man how'd your hunting go i'm like eh, eh i really don't have anything too much that i know of that i really want to hunt right now so i didn't go today you're like man can you believe you know, 10, 12, 11 years, whatever it was ago, like we just wanted to go shoot stuff. (laughs) (laughs) It's the evolution. Like now I want, if, if you were to come hunting with me, it would make me more happy. If you killed a big deer than me, it would make me more happy if Dawn or Elena, you know, like I don't, I can't even explain it. Like, you know, you know how it is like with Zoe and stuff like, like when it just, even if it's a doe, like, I, I don't know, like the feeling I get, of joy is just it's just so much different than if i did it myself it's the evolution of honor man like i just feel like there's different phases that we'll go through that we want to help people out and we we'd rather see them succeed now that's the people i'm talking about that i want to associate myself with you know i don't want to be with the greedy people and stuff like that but i, I yeah i caught 47 coyotes in 56 days and it was it's something so and we're doing a, a a class here coming up. And I think we talked about that a little bit. Yep. It's January 14th. Um, and the guys, what is it? The guys at Star City and Virginia Whitetails. And then who's the group? My buddy, Anders uh, Blix. He is, uh, I think there's only two. Uh, he's with Buckmaster Scorn. He's actually certified in the state of Virginia. So he tra- people come to him and he travels a lot. Um you know, scoring deer and stuff. And they're good friends with him and they're promoting the thing. And, um, he called me up and was like, Hey, look, man, I know you do a lot of trapping and, uh, would you be willing to do a a school on it for a day to, uh, you know, a group of 40 guys. And we booked up and I think it was like 30 hours. We had 40 guys, um, uh, booked up for the, for the class, which I, it blew my mind, which is great because everybody's trying to learn. And he was like, we need to band together in the state because coyotes are getting out of control and, and, uh, and the, the, even the small landers, they need to start doing their part, you know, like with controlling the pre- uh, predator population, you know, like people shooting deer around here. And before it let it lay for six hours because they thought it was a liver shot, go back and find it. And the deer has been torn to bits, you know, in six hours. 
And that's just unacceptable. People need to start learning and, and doing their thing. And the country was founded on trapping, man. Like, and now it's looked on as something that's evil, which it's all about knowledge, about how things are. And it's not how it used to be, man. Like the animals are number one priority and keeping it, you know, safe and unharmed, but also being able to capture it in a way that it's the, it is the best and most efficient way to control the population. No, that makes that makes sense to me. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, like just cause I, I like to, to, to share knowledge and the knowledge that was shared with me, uh, got me where I am today. And, um, you know, I, I hopefully it'll help somebody else. So, Absolutely. So that's January 14th. Primetime Hunts is putting yep. on this special with you. And I think that's awesome. So it's already booked up this go around. So if you're listening to this, be on the lookout because there might be a an, another class. I, I'm not speaking for you, but I, there might be another class coming up. Yeah, we had a few people say they wanted another one. We haven't set a date for that. Um I'm not really involved with the whole booking part of it. Um, Primetime Hunts is, and I'm glad you said that, because um, they can look that up on Facebook as well, uh, like that, and then they will um, either add you or however it is, and you can message them directly. And they'll once we figure that out, they'll be able to answer all those questions for you. But it'd be great. I mean, the 40 was insane, and I know there's about 10 people already who are waiting to hear that so technically the first time we ever posted anything we had in just a small area of virginia you know we had 50 50 people interested so no that's awesome that's so awesome so hopefully there'll be some kids that come too because i think that they set it up where um the kids can come you know with the adults so it might be it might be 60 people i i don't know but like the registered people is 40 so I, i'm looking forward to the kids coming out because that's where uh, we need to to keep things going. So that's great, man. The way that you're giving back to the community and also to the the industry itself is awesome, and uh, I I appreciate you. I really do. So for any of the listeners that want to get hold of Robbie, find him on Facebook, Robbie Highlander, and that's R O B B Y H I G H L A N D E R. Robbie Highlander. All right, Robbie, so I ask everybody this that comes on, and uh, I'm sure you know by now what I'm going to ask you, but if you could hunt anywhere in the world, where would you go, and what would you hunt? It would be New Zealand, and I would hunt Red Stag. Man. All right, so at the end of year one, after 52 episodes, we're going to do a count, and so far, like... Not everybody, right? Everybody, that would be a generality. Majority of the people have said New Zealand red stag. And and I think the what attracts people to that is that's such a beautiful country. And then what a beautiful animal, right? It's been since I was 12 years old. Uh, it's on our family crest. Uh, and I have it actually tattooed on my back. But um, it's uh, there's nothing that can compare to the majestic New Zealand red stag. I, I, there's nobody will ever change my mind. I love it. I love it. Well, good deal, man. Bone and mass on top of there. If you like antlers in general and you don't like that, you're insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's to go there to the capital of where they are the biggest and more than likely it'll never happen because that's like 30 grand for just a gold medal. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Me and April actually went to West Virginia to Mountain Meadow Hunting Preserve and we killed red stags in a high fence. And I know a lot of people don't like that, but that, you know what? I'm not going to New Zealand anytime soon. So I took advantage of that and uh, they're mounted. They're, they're hanging up in the house and they're beautiful. But oh, I want to go to New Zealand though. And I want to go, like you said, with a core group, a, a group of people that I know that we're all going to be cheering each other on. There may be a little bit of competition, but it's all in good fun. But we'll exactly. be cheering each other on, and we're all about just... Support each other. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Like every hunt, you, I want to kill one if I went. But if you killed one on day one and I didn't, dude, like... It's going to make me even more jacked to get to start day two. Like, I'm just going to be pumped. 
everybody's energy and feed off of it man i appreciate you coming on like i've had so much fun tonight and i know that our our listeners are going to add like they're going to love it they're going to get so much value out of this you've added so much value into waterfowl hunting and then just some of those man you were dropping some nuggets and uh, uh just for life lessons in general and, and you know things that people can take away and apply to their lives outside of hunting and uh i appreciate that man i really do it was my pleasure hey i i tell you what we're gonna definitely get you back on um because like i like i said you're i re- regard you as an expert hunter in in a lot of things you know whitetail turkey obviously waterfowl and so we're gonna get you back on maybe turkey season we'll get you back on and uh we'll, we'll definitely talk about turkey and different tactics we need to hunt again so maybe you guys if your uh, work schedule's not too tight we got more birds than we've ever had this year like i it's going to be probably the best year that we've ever had since i've been a kid uh the amount of gobblers that we have you guys come out you and april come out bring the kids you stay here and the kids can play and stuff and we'll go take turns and get y'all out there and then we can podcast about that Heck yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. I love it. Well, to all of our listeners, we want to thank you for listening and for all your support. Keep hunting and keep doing what God calls you to do. Thank you for listening to Hunting Day with Stephen Robbins. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. If you'd like to follow, you can find Stephen on Instagram at Stephen Hunt Day and Facebook at Stephen Robbins HD. If you'd like to reach Stephen, you can email him at stephen.huntingday at gmail.com.